Southern Rock Podcast, a southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me always is Jason. What's going on, man? I am doing well. We're getting a little spring weather in Ohio. It's been a nice day. Although, Brian, when we talk about our shows that we saw last week, I did have a snowstorm in Nashville and somehow yeah, I, not Ohio. What did, I saw something about it, like somebody commented on it today about like, there was like a dusting. There was a powder of snow or something. Not in Nashville, brother. There was almost three inches of snow Friday night. Oh, okay. Wow. I didn't know it was that much. Oh, it was rough, and I'm pretty sure our Uber driver did not know how to drive in it, but we made it back to the hotel. Yeah, well, I just read a comment, something about, like, the grocery stores were all empty and stuff. It's like, I just had to laugh. It's like, really? That could shut down the city for days down south, man. I suppose, yeah, right, right. But it didn't, and we're fine, and we had a great time. We, uh, today was 50 degrees, wearing a jean jacket. Actually, then, then walked outside for a little bit without a jacket on, and it was pretty damn sweet love it yeah, yeah it's nice it's coming so you got to see you were first person to see a show last week on thursday night in minneapolis who'd you go yeah see? L- last thursday uh uh myself and um my father-in-law we went to minneapolis uh at the armory and saw whiskey myers with uh drake white and the big fire opening and i was i was expecting i'd seen some video of drake white and it was like some acoustic and whatnot like on youtube and but they came out just rocking just to, you know, I think they're more like country rock band, but I just, I yeah. was impressed. I enjoyed it. I'm like, yeah, we got to try to talk to these guys, but yeah, Whiskey Myers, you know, and I had seen like half their show. It was like the day after I saw them Dirty Roses in Sioux Falls and they were playing at the amphitheater over across the river in Moorhead. And I just bad planning. I got back too late. And so I got over there like halfway through their set, but uh, they, I was just, so impressed on thursday night i mean that place was packed Good. you know yeah yeah really packed and you know whatever they're doing they're you know whatever their business model is is like blackberry smoke it's just like all hand-built self-made and self-made and you know and their music's on on uh yellowstone and they're and they're just, playing a good size venues too. You know, they're not well, yeah. doing the ten thousand. They're doing like the three thousand seat venues, and that's like again, they're a self-produced gig. That's a, that's a good business model. And the thing that I'm so grateful is grateful for is they play up here. They played. They there's a place in town called the Sanctuary. They sold that out. They played over in Moorhead. They played in Sioux Falls. Yeah. They played in Aberdeen, South Dakota. They played Mankato, Mankato, Minnesota, where the Vikings practice facility is. Um, yeah, no, great show, loud, very loud, very loud. Oh, really? Very good, very just, yeah, I can't say enough. I can't wait to see him again. And I've, at this point, I've almost got him, like, 
even with Blackberry Smoke as my favorite band. It was almost there. It's like that close. They're close. Yeah. Well, they're coming they're to just... Columbus May 19th, as we we spoke with uh, Tyler about. Yeah. Because um, they're, you know, uh, Goodbye June is supporting them. So I'm in. I love Goodbye June. Uh, Whiskey Myers, uh, from all your recommendations and everybody else, I, I got to see these guys live. Yeah. And they're playing like a 2,500, 3,000-foot uh, venue, seat venue. Uh, it's indoor-outdoor. I think it's May, so they'll be outdoor. But great place. My favorite place to really see a show uh, cool. in, in the Columbus area. Awesome. So, all right, let's hear your review. Yeah, so <laughs> I went to Nashville on Friday where we had a, a nice snowstorm, but I was in Nashville by the time the snowstorm started. And we got to go see to 3rd and Lindsley, which is a great little club venue. Um uh, and go see Trigger Hippie with our buddy from the podcast, Steve Gorman, his band, which we love. They did awesome. It sounded so good. Amber, Steve, Ed, everybody was on fire. It sounded note for note perfect. They did a cool cover of Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. They did the Shape I'm In at the end as one of the uh, as one of the encores. Steve looked like he was having a good time getting after it. The band was doing it and man i i want to see them again they were that good and you were not alone i was not alone i had our uh one of our friends dave hudson from the save america podcast uh, a lot of our other friends and listeners too um uh, kate was there and the two of the americans seth and steve and of course steve gleason and seth miller have both been on our podcast mm-hmm. um brett was there from the from our our, our group uh, monica uh my wife Saskia mm-hmm. was there so it was it was good and then on Saturday we went and saw our friend Jack's Hollow play a mm-hmm. little acoustic duo though she played electric guitar and the guy she was playing with played played an acoustic but you know they're doing one of those things where they play for a couple hours play cover songs she did it did get get to do an original we tipped her she played an original song mm-hmm. sounded great was a lot of fun had a chance to t- talk with her a bit and get a picture and then we were supposed to see Leilani Kilgore later on that night at Lucky Bastards but she got sick and had been put on vocal rest so she had oh, to wow. cancel okay and we did not get to see her and okay. she sent me a note saying she wasn't playing and uh but it was great I trigger hippie they see so Steve Borman was nice enough at the end to come out and talk to us he spent I'm uh, 15 20 minutes with everybody talking took pictures mm-hmm. um what a nice guy what just a super nice guy and he told us that this fall, we expect to see some trigger hippie shows all over east of the Mississippi. Oh, nice. Oh, now nice. they're playing at Beale Street Music Festival. Okay. Um, right. And which, speaking of, we talk about this in this podcast a little bit because we're mm-hmm. te- sp- speaking to a band from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, what else did Steve uh, chat with you guys about? Just pretty, pretty quick. Uh, give me shit about Cincinnati sports, just general, just talking about people and things. <laughs> yeah, just, cool. you know, he was nice enough for everybody to come up and talk to him, ask questions and just, they were very thankful. And you know, this, this, this guy is a world-class human being because he thanked us and appreciated us and called us all animals and, you know, crazy people for being there. But he was adamant about being appreciative that anybody showed up and the fact that a lot of us showed up from multiple States away in different time zones. And he was sincere, but I mean, a hell of a human being. Hey, did you say, hey, man, what about the Bengals? Uh, I said, I, I I, didn't go a whole lot in the Bengals because I didn't want to be touchy about the Titans since we did beat them in the playoffs. But <laughs> I talked about, you know, a little bit of Ohio State, a little bit of UC mm-hmm. stuff. Cool, right on. That. Yeah. Right on. So, 
talking about talking to cool people, uh, our guests this week. From the band Fever Tree uh, from Memphis, right? And it's made up with a drummer from Tora Tora and some other guys that have kind of been around the scene a while that have this Almond Brothers government mule arena rock vibe going on with their new album, Social Mediocracy. Yeah, it, it is that. Like, it, it's so interesting our perspectives on the sound of the band. Yep. Now, now I'm seeing the kind of the mixture you're, you're mentioning, Government Mule. And then, like, I kind of feel like I was hearing this kind of like 70s deep purple. And then I was reminded of the band Badlands yeah. uh, in, in the 80s, well, late 80s, Government early Mule 90s. You can have a little bit of the deep purple too, especially yeah. when they do some keys. Like, they've got similar vibes. So it was almost like hard rock, and then it gets kind of southern. Yep. So it's a nice little package of diversity sounding we, music in that. Yep, and we spoke to three of the four, uh, Tim the guitar player, John the drummer, and Mike uh, the singer, the vocalist. Rocco, their guitar player, who sounds like an absolute animal, was unable to make it, but we did see some very um, graphic pictures of Rocco there at the end. <laughs> it's a good thing this is an audio-only podcast. You, our listeners, should appreciate that. Yes. And we'll, uh, we'll, you know, you'll hear more about this, you know, at the end. But, uh, you know, I think uh, the only way it could have been funnier is if Riley from the Thunderbolts would have been there. Oh, yeah, that would have I been. I think he's the only guy to make us laugh. Laugh harder, yep. Almost that much. So um, you guys want to kick back, relax, uh, listen to our uh, conversation with Fever Tree. Here at the guest segment of this week's podcast, I always throw it over to Jason, as you guys know, to tell you who we have with us this week. Thank you, Brian. As always, I am excited to announce our guests tonight. A really cool band coming down from down south, a good southern rock rock band that's made up of some veterans and some names around the business who are throw this thing out here. Their second album just came out last month. We're going to get into that. But right now on the show, we have Tim, John and Mike. From the band hey. Fever Tree, and it's one word: Fever Tree, not two words. One. Word. Right. <laughs> yes. How you guys going? doing? We're doing all right, man. How are you guys? Good. Right. Good. I uh, I really dig the new album. I've been listening to it, prepping for the podcast, and it it gives me mm-hmm. like some um government, a little bit of government mule vibes with definitely some <laughs> Almond Brothers ish vocals. Thank you. Awesome. That, uh... We all love government mule. Matter of fact, we're going to see them the 21st. Yeah. 21st here in Memphis. And and uh, we love those guys and and uh Almond Brothers, all that stuff. I always wonder like how bands feel about being compared to 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 someone else that you know, and our interpretation is a little bit different. I got like from the vocals, like I got like a deep purple kind of vibe. And uh if you remember the band uh, in the uh, 80s or Badlands that had Eric yeah. Singer and Jakey yeah. Lee and I thought the yep. second part of the record's got a little more southernish. So you got like a like a 
hard rock, late seventies, early eighties, and then into like, so it's very diverse. Well, thanks, man. Those are all great compliments. So, appreciate, uh, appreciate that. A lot. You guys have yourself playing a cover, a bad little doggy too, I believe on your website, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is known to be played by Government Mule, who I'm wearing a Government Mule shirt in honor. Yeah, so. awesome. <laughs> Love those guys. We, we try, we you know, we try to do some interrelatedness and in, in stuff. I didn't have any tour tour stuff to wear, which I'm going to remedy because that's cool Ooh. shit too. But <laughs> tour tour, who? I was, I was going to wear a tour tour shirt, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking tour tour today. We've had some of the other other band bandmates on here. We're going to talk about Fever Tree. And the new album, Social Meritocracy, right? Is that mediocracy? Mediocracy. Mediocracy. Damn. So, guys, uh, how does band get started? How do you guys get rolling? You want to take it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tim and I go back 30 years, I guess, a long, long ways. Yeah. He was in bands back when Tour Tour was getting started. We played together. So, we've known each other forever. And um, I was filling in for a drummer locally in another band. And um, Tim showed up at the show. So we kind of reconnected. We hadn't seen each other in it'd been several years anyway. And uh, we started talking. We reconnected and we talked over the next week, two weeks, whatever. And uh, decided that uh, we wanted to put a band together. And um, so we did. We didn't really know who else was going to be in the band but us two <laughs> so we started talking about what we wanted to do what kind of music and we had these grandiose plans and none of those really developed and but we we found um mike through what was a website it was a band mix bandmix.com yeah. that we found him through is that like the craigslist for people who want to be like yeah. the old the old yeah. back pages of rock magazines and papers Right. Yeah. Right. Tim and I both were too cheap to buy a membership. So we had to figure out <laughs> yeah. how to connect with this guy without paying for it. <laughs> I respect that. I'm super cheap myself, much yeah. to my wife's chagrin. One of us, Mike lives like five miles from my house. Yeah, I live right down the street. Uh, we had, we had no idea, though. <laughs> and uh, then we connected through with Kyle through, was it Reverb? It was the same. The same thing. Yeah. And, same uh, thing, though. With the, the, by the time we got him, the membership had ran out because we, we finally paid. It was only like 10 bucks, you know. We paid for it and, uh, to get Mike. Yeah, you know, I we're tight. We're, we're gonna, <laughs> I we work. may or may not have done that with Zoom for the podcast before. I know what you're saying. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, we, 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 we found the first bass player the same way, uh, big band mix. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's all, how it all started. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. We were playing cover tunes at first. We did that for what a year or two. Yeah, and then years. I remember sitting down at it was like January of uh, I don't know what year it was. Probably probably but about a, a while back. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time. 2017. You know, we we all think in, deep inside new cover tunes was not our calling. Yeah. <laughs> so we we had a discussion about um, okay, well, what are we going to do this year? So we all came to a consensus of let's write some songs and make an album. Yeah, we had already been dabbling with originals. It just, you know, when you when you get together and you, and you got good chemistry, it just kind of happens naturally right. anyway. And that had already been happening, and we had some really cool music going. So we we just decided that's what we're going to do, and that's what we do now. So that's pretty much all we did. 
So are you guys all from originally like originals, original bands or, or some of you guys just doing like covers? We're, we're all, I think, pretty much from from uh, original backgrounds. Um, back in the, the 80s uh, in Memphis, there was a pretty big original yeah. scene. Yeah. So I mean, there, Roxy there, Blue tour, tour. There was a lot going Eric on. Gale, yeah. Eric Gale's band was Eric, Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Great call. Uh, so anyway, uh, when when John and I met, his band w was signed with Arden. Mm -hmm. studios and then about a year later they signed the band that i was in at the time and so uh, i mean we were we were pretty close we shared practice rooms a couple of times okay there was a really big original scene and where mike came mike actually came here with a band for that reason for that reason yeah. and <laughs> and um so yeah it, it's mainly been a we all dabbled in the cover tune thing but you know i think everybody does as you like sure. right. I mean, that's how you cut your teeth anyways you know yeah some people are really good at that i mean we have to make everything sound like us we can't discover that the people that are really good at that can't really write songs <laughs> but sure you know there's nothing wrong with the cover band because you have to be extremely talented to do it right because you because people are expecting to emulate but when you do original stuff man you can do whatever you want though yeah yeah, and that doesn't mean everybody's going to like it, but yeah, you can. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, we don't do it for that reason. We write songs because we, we write what we like and what we feel. That's kind of one of the rules that we had when we first started writing. It's like whatever comes out is what we're going to write. Right? We're, not, we're not going to try to pigeonhole ourselves or, or go down one avenue. Just say whatever the song becomes, that's what it becomes. Yeah, listen to the title track. That pretty much brings yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And I think the reason, uh, you know, we we do have a lot of Southern influences, but when you hear... You can't tell it by the way you talk. Yeah, when you hear me <laughs> talk or John, you know, it's, it just sort of goes that no, way. You have a very Greg Allman-ish voice, though, and I mean that as a super compliment. I mean, you don't sound exactly like him, but there's certain elements of that that blues and all kind of R&B rock sound mixed together. Thank you very much. That's, that's a compliment to me. I, I love... I love Greg Allman. I've met him, met him once. Right. <laughs> well, maybe twice. He was sort of out of it. <laughs> I did meet him. So briefly going back to that time that you guys mentioned of uh, the original scene there in Memphis in the 80s, like what else, what can you recall about that time? Like how long did it last? How rich was it? You know, and, and just people doing their own thing. Uh, it, it started, you know, before before that actually i mean you had bands like target with timmy jameson and and uh, yeah. uh southern creed um that were really popular sort of regional and and they actually had record deals i think you know smaller labels and stuff but uh, the breaks they can yeah the break they, they, i mean it, so that stuff started happening in in the 70s you know late 70s and then it carried on into the 80s and and it, it it got to a point. I mean, uh, clubs in Memphis were hiring, you know, original bands to come play. I mean, we weren't making a lot, but they they wanted, you know, original. There were bands moving to Memphis to play original music, you know, to, to come in and start yeah. writing their own songs and playing playing music and stuff. That's what brought me here. You know, I'm, I'm originally from Oklahoma. Okay, I, I had a contact here that that owned a studio, and he invited me over to do studio work for him we, we met through a, a long story but 
came down here to record a soundtrack for a B movie in a nutshell. Oh, oh wait, hold on. What what movie? Do we know this? <laughs> Debbie does what? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole so, series. Okay. All right. Playing in Norman, Oklahoma, where the University of Oklahoma is, they have yeah. a film school there, believe it or not. Guys watching us one night, I'm playing in a bar, man. And anyway, he comes in and says, Hey, I'd like you guys to do the soundtrack for my senior project, but you have to go to Memphis to record. He said, I'll pay for everything. I can't pay for you to get there, but I, or, you know, I can't pay anything, but I can pay for your trip. So we did. We came over and cut four songs, I guess. And I hit it off with the, with the guy that owned the studio. And he invited me back over to put a band together. And he, he kind of suspected, basically, we recorded an EP and they shopped it for us. But I was the only one that moved here. The rest of them were, were scared. So I loaded up my milk crate <laughs> and my two guitars and my amp and moved here. Yeah. It, it was definitely the, but the uh, movie was called heavy metal cannibals oh okay heavy it. metal cannibals there you See, go i love horror movies and i love beam horror movies i'm going to have to check this out <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> awesome yeah. we're gonna watch that <laughs> i don't know if it ever <laughs> oh you know what youtube has it probably anything oh, that's ever happened so i'm sure we can find it at that time or anywhere between then and now, did Memphis ever get, you know, like compared, I don't, I guess I shouldn't compare it to Nashville, but I mean, was it big as that in a different way or similar, or is it just kind of people going back and forth or? I don't, I don't know that, I mean, you know, besides, you know, back in the, uh, you know, the stacks days and stuff like that, it, 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 there was a, there was a point in, in the eighties where I know, uh, labels were talking about you know moving offices here and stuff like that but it never really happened the the uh, when the grunge thing took off um you know that of course everybody was coming out of seattle then and and uh it, it was never like uh nashville or, or la or, or new york or seattle or even austin like austin texas but but there it was a, a pretty thriving local original scene uh, there, you know, in, in the seventies and eighties and nineties. I mean, you had saliva that came out, and, you know, some bands like that in the nineties. So, uh, well, you guys were late eighties and early nineties. Yeah, we're getting about eighty eight, eighty nine. You guys got in like a tough time because it transitioned really quick to that that grunge scene. Even though you guys were some really killer albums, actually still hold up. I, in fact, I was listening to uh, Surprise Attack the other day. It's just tremendous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we we just came in at the tail end of it. Just, you know, luck of the draw or whatever, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have met these guys and we wouldn't be sitting here now. So and talking to us, I mean, so it's all worked out for the positive for everybody. Talking to them. So you you wouldn't end up talking to us, man. Come on. Like this is this, this is the upper echelon. <laughs> So uh, what about the blue scene there? Has that always been uh, fairly relevant? And has that influenced your guys' style or playing it all individually or together? I think so. Yeah, it's always been here. And, and uh, I think it influences any musician from, from around yeah, here because you can't help it, but it, it's all yeah. around. But yeah, even, even the Delta blues, you know, all the stuff down in Mississippi. And yeah, it's here. If you, if you spend any time on the music scene in Memphis, even if you're just a spectator, you're going to hear it and it's going to sink in and you're going to absorb it. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to come out and you're playing one way or another. Yeah. If you're a musician. 
it's there. Is Beale Street kind of like the same difference as Broadway and Nashville? I mean, is there is there a lot of clog with tourism, or how much how much of that is an authentic scene it's there? Way smaller than that, but but mm -hmm. there's live blues music every night. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, you can catch it outside, inside. Yeah. You know, it's everywhere. Some of the best stuff you'll see is just somebody sitting on a corner playing a guitar right. and singing. Yeah, Memphis has no shortage of awesome musicians, That's and right. most of them you've never heard of, and you never will. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Like he said, you go down an alley, and there's a, a band. It may be a just a guitar player, or drummer, or maybe maybe a three piece, and all of them are wicked players. Mm, sure. And you'll hear them anywhere else. Yeah. It's it's awesome, but that's part of what Memphis is. That's part of where you get um get your feel from if you grow up here. You know. Does that still inspire you guys, though? I mean, you guys are veterans of the music industry, but hey, to go to Memphis, to hear these unknown people just play and be blown away. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, you, you know, it's always cool, you know, to, to, to see somebody, you know, especially somebody new that you've never seen before, and then all of a sudden you, you see this. And that's what keeps it going, you know? And we're yeah. still huge fans of music, period. Oh, yeah. Right. We're always talking about different bands, different songs, different influences. Yeah, I just, I just went to see a local band Sunday night. They were great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome players. Area 51, they, all the guys in that band, every one of them are. Memphis is just full of they're, great players. They're one, one of the guys. best cover bands I've ever seen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do. They do they, I like their song selection. They, they, they pick some. Hey, they do. What is it? The Temples of Syrinx. Do they do that? <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, they do Rush yeah. Subdivisions for yeah. sure. Also, oh, like Rush Subdivisions? A big Neil Peart yeah. guy. So yeah. Rush, I'm doing Man, Subdivisions is a badass song. That's one of my favorite Rush songs. Yeah. It's a great album, too. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, also, yeah, correct. I saw Primus over the summer. I'm not a huge Primus guy, but they covered an entire Rush album. They were playing it live. And one of the one of the really super prog records, and I can't remember was which it one it was. Which they one? Do, they do farewell to King. That's there you yes, go. Yeah, that's it. That was it. That was it. That was. They did a pretty decent job, but I was like, man, this is some weird shit. Though seeing like <laughs> those guys just play a whole Russia album. I would love that. <laughs> it worked, and the the sword opened for them too. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the sword. Did they record that? I'd like to hear it. Yeah. Okay. You know. I don't know. I'm sure, you know, like Nugs Not Ned or all those kind of live streaming places, I'm sure have it. I don't know if they're putting out a, a live album or not, but YouTube, whatever. I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's like clips of I it, but I, I, I do remember um, they, they, he, wanted to, he wanted to see if they could just do it, like, because he always liked that album in Rush and just to see if they could go out and play that live. So mad respect, but uh, yeah. yeah. Tim Alexander's a great drummer, so I know he can. Oh, play. sure. Yeah. It, it was good. You know, those guys had the chops to pull it off musically. Now, you know, the vocals aren't the same, but. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but who's are? But it was, it was pretty, it was, it was a good time. I'll say I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. So let's talk about a social mediocrity from the point of where it was just Not a meritocracy. God damn it, Brian. You always know I mess up people's names or names of shit. That's why he makes me say this stuff. <laughs> let's talk about that from when it was a gleam in your eye until it's, it, you know, completed. Like how long was that process? You know, what did, was it? A lot of people we talked to like had pretty much like oops albums during the pandemic because that's all they could do. And they're just, yeah, I'm playing. Oh, hey, we got a record here. So how did this one come about? 
Yeah, that's that's when we did the most most of the work on it was uh, during during 2020, and 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 then some uh, last year too. But uh, we'd actually, I think, what three of the songs on the record the, we we had already started performing out before the pandemic thing and all that, and 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 so those got those. Uh, I think it it was. Um, Nothing left to hide. Uh, better late than never. The rest of my life. And the rest of my life. Those, those three songs, off of the record, we we have played the longest because we wrote those early on. And then and then when we started rock, it, we it was one of those things where gigs started getting canceled and stuff like that. Right. So it was like, okay, uh, let's use the year right. And so we wrote and and uh, we finished it up and and went into the studio in June of of last year 2021 mm -hmm. in, in june and um and finished uh, you know we don't go every day we, we we couldn't do that with our schedules and everything but mm -hmm. i think we finished in november of 2021 and uh but yeah as far as the inspiration for the songs i mean some of them you know took a little work i wrote lyrics on uh, lottery tickets two songs going on on the way to the studio <laughs> were they winner lottery tickets or no no they were not, That's not broke. <laughs> but uh it was on the way to the studio to because uh, the, the music was already done and and, yeah. and i had like pieces of the lyrics written but i finished them on the way down listening to it in my truck and uh but then we had other songs that were like um well the, the single we released yeah, so, yeah, that I mean, it, it was kind of an accident. We were just in here jamming one night, and it just came out and pretty much wrote the whole thing that night. Yeah, okay. and then there's another song on there that we fooled around with for even before we recorded the first record, and it finally came out. Right, on this one. So, so yeah, a lot of different. Uh, and then there's one that's missed both records that someday it'll be out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which one is that? Is that a B side, a hidden track? It's it, called Black Light. It's called Black Light. <laughs> out of here the story <laughs> if our bass player was here may not want to hear the story <laughs> it, it, well it came from a uh, uh we'll, we'll we'll talk about it so, yeah. There is a really good Rilo Kylie album. I think their last one called Under the Black Light. And so the whole concept is like the CD underbelly of Hollywood and talks about strippers and all this other stuff. So I'm assuming, yeah. I'm assuming we're talking about things underneath the black light and they're always not so good. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It was from a skit on a comedy show that we saw. <laughs> That's <laughs> that's where that we were talking we were like talking about that skit one night we pulled it up on youtube or something and, and we're like hey that's what we'll call this song and so that's <laughs> under that's, the black light a lot, yeah. a lot of thought we're putting <laughs> but you know what you get inspiration anywhere right i mean that's kind of what music is all about never know yep. you know i've yep. written a song called hookers and blow very on the nose and a, and a song called townie bar very on like hey you know <laughs> right right Write what you know or what you don't know. Just oh, make yeah. it up if you don't. And I'm telling you, I only know one of those two things firsthand basis. So I'm not going to say which one. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> hey, Rocco's not here. We we didn't we didn't explain what how Rocco got in the band. Well, how do you how do you guys have a, a newer bass player, Rocco? Yeah, how did he get in the band? 
Yeah, Rocco, uh, he, he joined a uh, band in uh, the uh, January of 2020. Yeah. Right. He joined just in time to shut everything. Right. It's <laughs> Rocco's fault. It's his fault. But but we, we love him, man. He's he he keeps us uh, entertained, no doubt. And we'll send you some pictures of him sometime. Yeah. We, unfortunately, we've seen more of Rocco than we care to admit. He, he, likes, <laughs> he likes to pose nude with our instruments in front of him. You know. So that reminds me of uh, Step, is it Step Brothers, where he goes up and puts this um, male appendage yeah. on the drums. Yeah. Very similar. He brings that movie up a lot. So. Uh, <laughs> And there's there's pictures that document it all, <laughs> and he's definitely someone you don't want to see. <laughs> no, he's he's not a small guy. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty funny though. We we love him, and 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 uh, he he um, we were just sort of looking for um, I don't know. You guys explain more, you know, as far as uh, base player wise, player wise. And uh, Kyle was a, a great friend. We loved him. Uh, you know, he, he he's another who had us laughing constantly. But but um, we just we wanted to go a different direction as far as uh, uh, you know skill on bass guitar. And so we did. And and uh, Rocco's done great. Yeah, he fit the bill. So. And then some of your photos on your website are by. Um... Uh, Kim Allegreza, who, who yeah, she yeah. also, she, she manages, does she manage you guys? No, uh, but, but she has helped us with our, um, with all of our social media stuff and yeah. she's publicist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and help with our, um, our electronic yeah. press kit and, you know, our, our bio and some different, different things like that. And she also did uh, the video yeah. for more than enough. Okay on the, the the first single off of the our, yeah. our record and it looks and great she's super nice we met her we talked to lonnie hammer of hammer down hard and like you know his <laughs> whole story career and we got a chance to meet him he's yeah. another one that goes back to the day back in, in memphis yes yeah we yeah. Know him from back then too i think he moved him and his brother moved they were one of the bands that moved here for that scene yeah so I think it was yeah. in Black Oak, Arkansas that he played for for a little he while. He played Black Oak, Arkansas, yep. and I think uh, Mother's Night, a Mother's Nightmare, or something. Uh, I think he played with those guys, and yeah. Did. Uh, interestingly enough, Rocco did a little snap with Black Oak, Arkansas too. Right, he did. Okay. Right. Right on. Rocco and uh, uh, Lance McDaniel. Yeah. I did one I show did. with him. <laughs> there must be a rite of passage like everybody's got to play with black oak arkansas at some point others hey, did so i have to follow suit you know <laughs> but kim took some great shots like you guys are a really nice website uh love the video pictures are really like really good and that's why i saw her name i'm like man those are those are nice shots yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah for, it, for sure she has yeah, yeah i gotta thank him for hooking us up with this interview well thank you yeah. kim we <laughs> we have. We, we, we thank her very much. Oh, did we get you guys through Kim? Yeah. Okay. Brian handles all. Like, listen, he tells me when to show up. I show <laughs> up if I know who. If I know who's going on that night, it's a plus in my book. I. <laughs> How do you say their their record? <laughs> was I was. The sad part is, I was reading it. But the <laughs> even more sad part is, I wasn't wearing my glasses. Man, right. you gotta wear those. 
Uh, I do because like my eyes suck and I even knew it was social mediocrity because I don't say is it medioc mediocrity or mediocrity and I said meritocracy because I'm an idiot. I don't know that one's had a lot of uh, mispronunciations so far so. including between us. Yeah we don't we couldn't even figure out how to spell it. So. Well, even, you know, talking about the album, the title track, it, it seems to be really aimed at, hey, man, like this day and age, like social media sort of runs everything and it could really, really bring you to a bad place if you let it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, we actually, us three, uh, we went up to see a Skinner uh, tribute band here in town uh, several weeks ago. And, and we were, we, we actually had a gig that night and it got canceled because we had an ice storm here the week before and yeah. the club have power yet so we said oh, so we went and saw this other band and uh we were all sitting at the end of the table with our phones and a friend of ours uh that that we see a lot come see this play and everything walks up and goes hey guys uh, what's the name of your new record and we were like <laughs> oh, we're all yeah. staring at our phone you, right. you caught us you know <laughs> that's that's a, actually it happens a lot now that we've named the record that and we I don't know if you've seen the cover or not, yeah. but it's uh, so. Uh, Everybody sitting around the table, the dinner table, holding their phones in their hands. Right, right. And so you start noticing it a lot more whenever you put it out there like that. Well, social media is such a double-edged sword because for us, you know, this part of like searching for bands and musicians and, and talking to, you know, the people that help us out and having chat groups and all that and, and talking to bands and all that, that's such a great element of it. You know, and then right. but there's so much hurdles and, you there's know. A lot of negative to go along yeah. with positive. Right, a lot right. of having to slog through, like, like nasty swamp to get to a meadow, you know. Yeah, you're right. But you're right. I mean, it, I mean, you, it, if it wasn't for social media right now, a lot of bands wouldn't have anything going on, you know. You got to self-promote, so, right? You got to use the Instagrams, I, the Twitters, the Facebooks, whatever you got to do to get your name out there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we're still trying to figure it out. We, you know, we're old guys. We're 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 like uh, you we barely know, send a text. Yeah, no. we're we're used to putting flyers on telephone poles. And stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> the old-fashioned way, hand out stuff outside of everybody else's gigs outside of a club. You know, that's uh, put them on cars. Yeah, yeah, same way. Like you know, Brian and I are are, are children of the '70s. You know, born in the '70s and. I run the Instagram account and I'm learning how to run Instagram. Half the time I've asked, asked my kids how to do certain things because they know, right. I don't know. He does Facebook, right? Like it's just, but it's, it's a part of everybody's life these days and you can choose to use it for good or you can choose to use it for evil. Right. That's right. Yeah. Now, are you on TikTok? <laughs> well, uh, Rocco is supposed to be in charge of TikTok. I can, gotta... That I would believe Rocco seems like a TikTok guy, even though he's oh, not he on here. <laughs> He is. So we we've got to. I mean, we we all sort of take uh, uh, different platforms. Mike does like you guys. You know, Mike yeah. Does, we break it up. <laughs> I, I, I try and do Instagram, but yeah. Rocco supposed to be our TikTok guy, but uh, he's sort of slacking. I'll tell you it. what. Knowing TikTok and being new to TikTok and seeing stuff on there, I think if Rocco does videos or pictures of him being naked with your instruments and post it that's at least a million followers right off oh, the bat, at, least, at least especially if he moves the instrument <laughs> <laughs> now is he, what's he moving the instrument with <laughs> exactly. right no hands 
Tommy Lee. <laughs> Tommy, yeah, Tommy Lee. But it, it is a whole different world. And again, like all of us, we grew up in different times where we had MTV. We had a radio that played stuff. There were magazines. There were zine. There were all these other things to do that have gone away for rock music and music in general. And now it's, you know, YouTube is a big piece of it. And it's all the social media or else people don't know who you are or what's going on. Right. Yes. Yeah. It, it was one of the coolest things in my childhood to go to a record store and find a new record and buy mm-hmm. it, open it and read all the notes and read the mm-hmm. lyrics, listen to it. Put the Kiss tattoos on. Put the yeah. Kiss <laughs> <laughs> well, and seeing the lyrics and who played on what and like uh, recognizing the names because of who played on what and who wrote the song and, mm-hmm. you know, and always that, cool stuff. You what the band members looked like because you didn't know until you. <laughs> It's not like you turn on the TV and there they are like it is now. Right. Well, hell, you know what they look like, know what they had for breakfast, all everything, know what their animals' <laughs> names are, whatever you want, anything outside of what the music sounds like. <laughs> exactly. I got Skinner's second helping right over here on my turntable. Nice. Oh, you go. So let's talk about the songwriting process. Like, how does that work for you guys? I mean, is it like sit down, hey, we're going to write a song? Does it just kind of show up out of the blue? Is it different each time? Is there any sort of methodology to it or not? A lot of, a lot of doodling involved. Yeah. So, doodling. Yes. So it's it's anything from the three of myself and John and Rocco start playing while Tim's outside smoking a cigarette and he comes running back in and go, wait, keep playing. <laughs> that happens, song. Yeah. Sometimes I'll come up with something and I recorded on my iPhone and texted to him and we get back together when we get in the room and, and everybody adds their parts and we talk about it and it, not no real concrete way of doing it. Yeah, there, there's been several methods and, and they all seem to work, you know, we, we at least, you know, to us, they do. We, we have, we have fun with it and, yeah. and, and we like, we like what we're, we sound like and what our, our songs are like and, and it's different for John, you know, John stole you know, several times, you know, he, he's able to be, uh, what, what is it? Are you trying to, uh, like more, there's more dynamics and stuff. Oh yeah. I can play differently for you guys. More, more dynamics. It's not on 10 all the time. Nothing wrong with being on 10 all the time. I love <laughs> right. it. But it just well, gets, I mean, you're playing a little this, bit different music than Tora Tora here. Right. This lineup for me, allows me to show a different side of my playing and I love it. And um, <clears throat> I'm not afraid to play things. I'm not with Tor Tor either. I mean, y- y'all don't take that yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just a different vibe. It's know? a different type of music. Yeah. I mean, this is absolutely a lot more blues focused mm-hmm. rock than just rock with blues in it. And I- I've had people come up to me out of the blue that have seen us play and tell me, I remember one girl came up to me and goes, you know, you play a lot different with Fever Tree than you do toward me. <laughs> right. I said, yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, yeah, stadium mode. We've had, that's that's his nickname whenever he goes out and does some shows with Tora, uh, you know, out on the road and, and we'll come back either to rehearsal or a gig we're playing and it's like, holy shit. Yeah, man. What the, this guy's i will say though like you know not going away from fever tree but trip the light fantastic is that's a freaking crusher of a song man that is great love that song i've shared that song with a lot of people and it's 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 a good one but there's nothing wrong with that style for sure 
I like Little Girl Blue too. The new one, yeah, Little Girl Blue. That's really good as well. I'm like, like, it's amazing. I mean, just good shit. Good shit. L- listen, I'm gonna ask you guys this question. Do you guys feel or are you seeing like the music, like the embrace of just rock music, like we had in the 70s and 80s and 90s for a while, coming back because you got LA Guns, the Scorpions releasing albums. We just talked through two, two, two good, really awesome tour tour tracks where it's just like straight on rock. It's good. I, I feel like people are gravitating back towards that. What are you guys seeing? I, I, I think I, I do think that there are there are there is a need for it, and there are people that want it. And and if you, like uh, I guess it was in 2019 when we released our first record, there were. Tor Toro released a new record. Roxy Blue re- released a right. new record. Yep. Uh, a band, another band, friends of ours, uh, the Fast Mothers here in in town. They they released a new record, and then um, who else? Shotgun Billies. Mm-hmm. They released a record. Rec- so th- there was, and it's all that you know. It's all that yeah. type of rock and roll, and and and, and there's definitely. Uh, uh, I think there's a, a demand for it. I think it, it's going to have to come back around to where you know maybe club owners and uh you know well i i doubt that the record industry will ever no you know, no push it. And, but you know like we were just talking about we have a way to promote it ourselves now so yeah but i mean you're even seeing like this younger generation of bands that are clearly inspired by our generation of music oh, yeah. you know like Absolutely. the J- joyous wolf is out there and um, dirty honey dirty honey is another one yeah. they're getting a huge amount of you know they supported the black crows and they played that nhl also like there's a, i feel like there's a lot of focus coming back to rock music and uh, i mean I, th- I i just i i feel like there's something building here oh well so. <laughs> i think there's a natural <laughs> built-in appetite for that because it's it's more natural it's not it's not produced, you know, a lot of these right. in Nashville now, the musicians don't even show up half the time. They are doing everything on computer. And yep. There's no feel to it. It's all straight lines, you know, mass produced. And so, rock is not like that. It's, it, it has more emotion to it. Some of it may be, you know, fixed or whatever, but it still comes from an emotional place. And it, and it's it real. rejects that. It's yeah. real. Yeah. I think yeah. that's why always an appetite for it. Oh, and I agree. I don't think the appetite's ever gone away. I think a lot, what's happened is a lot of the focus of the mainstream stuff has kind of gone away from it. But I, it to me feels like mainstream is starting to focus a little bit more yeah. back on the, on the real, like rock, rock, like straight rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. From what I hear you guys playing, you know, going back to, you know, talking about the elements in your music and, you know, John talking about how we play differently than in Tora Tora, like, you know, what I hear in you guys is, uh, you know, it's more of a technically proficient kind of style. Definitely. Within the other things that you guys do, it's, you know, maybe a little more busy or, you know, is, is that a, do I, am I on the money with that or? No, yeah. I, oh, yeah. You're, you're pretty uh, spot on. I mean, we have some stuff that's uh, pretty basic, but yeah, uh, the, the title track, I mean, there, there's some stuff that's pretty, you know, the notes mean something, right? They're not as many notes together and they're more impactful instead of coming at you. Right. 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 I mean, I love Mike's playing like, Oh, thank you. As a guitar guy, I've been listening to your stuff. I'm like, man, like you're, you're hitting the sweet spot for everything I'm all about. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And you make guitars. I see as we were talking before we started (laughs) recording, 
they're parts casper you know, well, that's, that's okay you're slap stuff together we might have to talk about a business deal once we're off this call <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you have to give me your rates <laughs> so with this band are you guys just playing like locally or regionally or you know how far does that get pushed out uh i mean we don't have a lot booked right now i think we our next uh our next gigs here in memphis in june but then we've got a couple in in oklahoma uh so arkansas arkansas yeah you know so sort of around that area we'll play anywhere so you know anybody needs yeah. a great band give us a call we'll come. the next step is to have the release party for the record right yeah. but, we, but we want to have a, a release party and we're going to video it and that'll be the next video if, if all goes as planned anyway okay right. and that was february 25th that i have here that that record was released yeah on, on yeah. all of the uh the digital platforms and then uh we we have some cds coming out uh, girls we have to have something in our hands so we got right. yeah yeah for sure when you're shows and yeah. and hopefully uh, eventually we'll put some vinyl out i work at uh, one of the largest vinyl companies in north america memphis record pressing and so yeah, wow. yeah so it, we i've been there for what seven years since almost the very beginning of it and it, it's really growing right now so hopefully I'm going to be able to get us a great deal. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll count me in to get one of those because I think the vinyl has really come back because we like to hold it, see it. It's special. Yeah. Right. What's the name of that? What's that? What's the name of the place? Memphis. Memphis Record Pressing. Yep. Memphis Record Pressing. Okay. Yeah. And, and a lot, there's a lot of musicians that work there. And so we've uh, nicknamed it the uh, musicians retirement program <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> acronym it, works right initial work so uh, so with mike being from oklahoma i just have to take the opportunity to ask about because we always ask people about what are the scenes like where you're from where you're at um and it, did you ever do any hanging out playing in tulsa there or tulsa yeah. or oklahoma city what's the Wait. what's the vibes there I moved to Norman in the fall of 86 and we played around Norman, Oklahoma city. We, we made it to Tulsa. We made it down to Dallas, kind of that area. And, and the scene was great. Well, like Pantera was, they, they weren't the Pantera that you know of now. Familiar mm -hmm. with them. They had big hair and spandex and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. They started out as a hair metal band. Yep. I yeah. think that's what Terry Blaze from Lord Tracy. Yeah, band, band from Memphis, yeah. yeah, man. Dimebag was doing finger taps and shredding for a while. Uh, he was, Every bit what you know, what we know him as now back then too. Yeah. Great. There was a pretty good scene in Dallas. There, there was. It was good back in those days. And then I moved here in '91. So. We had uh, Sean Pittman on a blues player, and he was he was he was living in Oklahoma at the time, but he was living in Tulsa area. So mm -hmm. he, but he was new to it. By the way, he moved from what? What did he move from Texas to Oklahoma? Yeah. Brian, was that? Back yeah. Probably never heard of him. He's kind of a, a regional local guy, but a damn pretty good damn good blues player though. Is he? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with him, but, but Mike, I mean, do you have a, a blues back? Because you're certainly on some of these these songs, kind of kind of get after that. Or are you more just kind of a straight rock player that that kind of? Well, I mean, you, you were doing heavy metal, you know, soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I started playing, uh, I guess. I was into Kiss, like most kids when I was little, yeah. you know, obsessed with the makeup and the 
the stage show and I wanted to be Gene Simmons, but I didn't want to play bass. So anyway, uh, what I really got into was my sister, who's, she's six years older than me, and she would give me albums, 45s, whatever that, like, that she wasn't really listening to at the time. She'd get them and didn't like them and give them to me. Oh, she gave me a band, uh, actually a Bach and Turner Overdrive 45, believe it or not. And that's what made me want to play guitar. But then I got Van Halen 2 for some oh. reason. Not the first one, but the second one. Yeah. And completely lost my mind. Like, I don't know what that is, but I want to do that. <laughs> And then I went backwards from there. I got into Jimmy Page, a big Hendrix fan. I got into Hendrix big time. And that, that led me to Stevie Ray Vaughan because mm -hmm. he's influenced by Hendrix. So that's kind of where I come from. So you and really was, have, have a pretty good blues background, even though you kind of start out more of a just a hard rocker. But I'm also a huge Rush fan. So there's I got a little bit of that to me as well. Um, not, not necessarily Alex Lassen himself, but... right. The way they crafted songs and, and did all the like our songs on average are like six minutes long we have to concentrate <laughs> to make them yeah this record we did great we I did mean, hey. we were proud of ourselves yeah i think we only had one that was close to six the rest of them were around five and yeah and that's kind of why we all gelled so well together because we all kind of come from the same background right so does that lead to you guys jamming on stage like getting to some jams like some our southern rock heroes do Oh, yeah, absolutely. So on, on the first record, there's a song called Walk Away, and it's heavily influenced by Hendrix. The guitar, the rhythm tracks are all kind of like a little wing type vibe. Yeah. And uh, that song can be five minutes. It can be 25 minutes. Yeah. It goes through a reggae hey, stage. Right. <laughs> all jamming but, ends up to be reggae. When we're at practice and do that, we always end up with some kind of reggae beat for some reason. Yeah. I think it's the drummer's fault. Always like to play reggae. Yeah. Yeah, if the crowd's into it, that, that song's going to go on for a while. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that how you guys are making that decision, though? You're seeing what the, the crowd's into, and you guys just kind of look at each other? I mean, how'd you guys make that call to extend it? Either that, or we have, uh, you know, 10 or 15 minutes left before break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, let's play Walk Away. <laughs> when we started the jamming, I think me and Mike have gotten pretty good at reading each other and going off yeah. the cue. And I, I know by things that he plays, okay, he's fixed to do this. All right, well, it's slowing down now. Maybe we need to end it or if he plays something else. And uh, Rocco will be looking at me. And I'm looking at Mike, and I'm telling Rocco, okay, we're going to keep on going or whatever we're doing. <laughs> it's pure instantaneous, nothing yeah, else. It's okay. never the same. Place, no. For sure. You're just not writing it out like, okay, this song, and then we jam here and we go back here. Okay. I like I it, though. I mean, that's very organic, natural. Well, and I, like, I'm a big ad-libber. I mean, that's what I've always done. So it, it, it's playing with these guys. It just kind of comes naturally. You know, everything's, it's a new day. Everything. It is. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. No <laughs> well, doubt. sure. And you guys aren't looking at Mike sometime. Like, what is he doing? You're like, hey, he's he's oh, free oh, to do oh, whatever oh. he wants to do. Oh. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Uh -oh. What's he doing over there? <laughs> I don't remember that. Okay, let's yeah. go with it. I, <laughs> I saw a clip of I think Don Dockin once, and they were on stage. I think either, I think the guitar player wasn't it wasn't Lynch. It was Lynch was out at the time, but he did something or went off script, and Don Dockin gave him the death stare. I just remember <laughs> laughing at it. So we don't have any of that going on. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no, there's no death stares, but there's a lot of like, no, what man, what? Something what's happening? Can handle that stuff very well. We all can. I, I mean, I can. Let's we can jam for three hours. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, it's fun. 
Eventually, I'm going to have to stop go to the bathroom. <laughs> or get another beer. But do they let you do an extended drum solo, though? Yeah. Well, when we're yeah. in stadium mode, it's a constant drum. Start to the finish, buddy. Yeah. Hey, y'all, watch this. <laughs> and you guys could take your break off stage and uh, just let John get after it. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the title track. Actually, he sent me the opening drum lick through, uh, uh, texted it to me and said, hey, can you do anything with this? So Kenny came up with these parts and we got together and we played it. And we thought it was going to be an instrumental because it's so haywire. Yeah. And then he wrote over it. He's like, all right, it'll be a song. <laughs> so he it going, I kind of like this. It's obnoxious. <laughs> so it became. And then I, I actually wanted to dumb down the drum parts a little bit, and they're like, "No, no, it's social mediocrity. It's supposed to be crazy." Yeah, nice a little music. frantic there. Yeah. <laughs> so we got it, you know. Cool. Yeah. So you guys mentioned uh, the Fast Mothers, Shotgun Billies. We always ask our guests, like, what what other you know artists that have been around about the same time as you guys, your contemporaries, who is someone else that you think might knock our socks off in in this genre? Uh, Let's see. Yeah, was there John Gelser? Um, yeah. uh, who else? Eric Gales. Yeah. Uh, Eric just put out a record that's phenomenal. I mean, it just came out. Bonamassa is on it. Him and Joe Bonamassa are on it. Oh, I, no kidding. There we yeah. go. I co wrote Eric's first single, The Sign of the Storm. Uh, if, if you look on the list. And I didn't believe him, so I looked it up. And, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's in the lyric credits if you find the lyric credits i'm in there actually when i look it's on the album oh yeah it's on the album see it. so but anyway it, yeah well we we were we we got like like uh john's band my band eric gales or uh there was another band tna yeah. Um, they we were all signed at ardent so we we were around each other all the time and, and, and yeah i mean we, most of the time it was a party you know, yeah. I was, we when we shared a practice room with them, they practiced during the day, and we practiced at night. And there was about a two-hour lull in between, <laughs> and our practices were usually pretty shitty. <laughs> 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 so uh, anyway, and I by your videos too on your website, you got some live photos. Looks like you played with Roxy Blue before, of course. They're another Memphis band. Yeah, yeah. yeah Todd, uh, we've known Todd and Josh and uh now jimmy falk's playing drums and yeah. and corn uh, we had tom and josh on the podcast at rock and pod they were man they were a riot todd's great oh, he's, yeah. full, he's full of energy that guy oh yes he is yes he, is. <laughs> he, is. And he will talk he he's will talk <laughs> he's, he's been very supportive of this project and um, he's a good kid He's yeah, he's a good guy. He's a lovely guy, but man, he's great. He's somebody a good podcast guest because you just let him go, man. You're like, yeah, you just right. We're recording. Go. <laughs> you know him well. Yep. There's no, there's no dead spots. <laughs> no, no, no. With a lot of these younger bands who don't have a lot of experience, like Brian and I, have to work pretty hard. But you know, somebody like Todd, you don't have to work any with at all. <laughs> You just say, hey, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so are we going to get into some guitar talk here, Jason? Oh, uh, we can get into a little bit. And with the rest of the band there, it's kind of kind of, <laughs> kind of tough to get into. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve probably some of my gear. Most of my gear questions are guitar questions for the lightning round. But I will say, Mike, what is your, what is your 
key setup right now, if you had to pick one guitar and one amp to play through, nothing else for a show, what are you uh, going to? Definitely get my number one. It's, it's a Sir, familiar with John Sir, or John Sir, the band. And it's a it's a modern is the model. It's a, a Karina wood black limbo is the body, and it's got a maple top on it. Oh, very uh, nice. And then I play a Bogner, a Helios. The Helios is basically the Bogner used to modify all the Marshalls back in the day. Well, he took all of his modifications and dumped it into an amp. So it's not your typical Bogner that's over the top heavy. It's very very plexi based. Um, and that's my go-to, and it has been since day one with these guys. It, um, I mean, I got other guitars and that, that sure. I do play, but that's definitely my number one. And it's a versatile guitar, so the, the there's a push-pull pot. That, that Let's say coil splitting, yeah. Well, it knocks the coils out of phase in the on the bridge pickup, and it makes it sound like a Telecaster. Oh, nice! Do it, and it's got and then in the middle position, the outside coils are on, and it makes it sound really spanky. There, I don't know. And these guys can leave if you want to talk about guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, it that, is it like that reddish kind of, not a burst? What I call it's called Copperhead is what it's called. Okay. And I have a 1976 Marshall cabinet. It's got the original greenbacks in it that I've drug everywhere. And you can tell when you look at it, that's my main nice. cabinet. That guitar is beautiful. I'm looking at some pictures of it. I think it's it's the one. It's not, it's not yeah, tortoise it's, shell almost. It's got this nice... Like they, call it water, they call it waterfall burl maple it's, it's gorgeous thank you man i appreciate it i forgot they might i go from that one to a guitar that i made so and everything in between there <laughs> <laughs> i got a parts caster out in the studio out here we practice here at the house in the building uh, beside the house anyway it's uh just junk i threw together that happened to work that's Plays eddie van halen right i mean that's what he did Plays as good as anything I've ever put my hands on. So it's, it's another one that we drag around everywhere, too. Right? Right. Yes. Right. All right. I'll, I'll stop the guitar tech talk with the with the singer and the drummer here with the other, with the other gentlemen so we don't bore them too much. We'll have yeah. you on for your own episode so you and I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Can we do another guitarist special? I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jason, is it then that time of the show? I believe it is, guys. Are you good for a couple mem- couple minutes to do a lightning round, some fun questions? Absolutely. Sure. Let's do that. All right. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just I'm going to ask you guys the same set of questions. So you all get a chance to answer on a couple of these things, okay? Okay. All right. And we'll, Mike, we'll start with you because you're to my left, and we'll, we'll work ourselves over to Tim from there. But what is the first record you owned? You remember owning? Glenn Campbell. Oh, no shit. Which one? Uh, Lineman. What was it? The uh, Wichita uh, Lineman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Nice. How, nice. Did, how did you get that one? So my parents gave it to me. And we actually have the old stereo sitting right over here. You guys can't see it. Old console stereo that I used to lay in front of as a kid. Cool. And um, So the lore is that she played it for me so much I wore the grooves out of it. I don't believe that, but that's what they said. So. Okay. We'll take it. John, what was your first record? You want the truth or you want to lie? <laughs> I want the truth, brother. I want the truth. Truth? You remember K-Tel? Yeah. K-Tel, man, they, they had some great albums, and I had one called Goofy Greats. <laughs> <laughs> that is not. I still have. My brother and I had those, too. Like One was called Star Power. It's just like yeah. a greatest hits. Right, right. It had yellow polka dot bikini on it, Snoopy and the Red Baron. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is really good. <laughs> 
I think I was like eight or nine, something. I don't. Remember. And that jump started your career to music. Actually, <laughs> seriously, still have it out. It was at my mother's house, and now See? it's in my. That is a classic. My first album was a Weird Al album in, in 3D. That was the first one I remember having. It sh shaped a big portion of my life, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, Tim, what, what was your first record? Uh, you know, I don't, I can't really remember the first one. I know, the first one that I asked for was... Uh, he just, he doesn't want to tell you. No, no. <laughs> Pretty embarrassing. So it was the, uh, uh, it was the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band it was that record but i wanted the movie soundtrack oh yeah. like frampton right was that <laughs> frampton? frampton yeah yeah Hoover and aerosmith yep. and Fire, all that. He was that, more of a Bee Gees guy. we had that whatever anyway th that's what i wanted and, and my mom went out and got me the actual beatles one and i was devastated <laughs> <laughs> but you thanked her later right the movie that movie was insane insane <laughs> Come Together and by Aerosmith and Got yeah. to Get You Into My Life by Earthman and Fire. The rest of it is, right. yeah. I don't think too yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, we'll start with you. What's the first concert you ever saw? Woo. Uh, let's see. The first concert was Danny, uh, God, what was his last name? Partridge? No, it was Danny something. And <laughs> Danny Partridge. Danny something. <laughs> When he went solo. Danny Sun and the children. And they they played it. So you were in a cult of some kind. No, no, no. They were like a rocking 60s hippie cut a cult. No. Charles Manson in the band. Right. Hey, man, he did folk music. He had it. Yeah. He hanged with Beach Boys. But that, that was at the, the Dyersburg High School Gymnasium. That was my first concert. <laughs> that I, well, that, that, that I thought was a concert. There was a lot of people there. I was little and thought it was pretty cool. So, And they were chanting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> my first real concert was Kiss. Everybody was wearing robes and nobody had shoes on. What, what Kiss tour? No, it was not Kiss. I'm oh, no. I, I was with my 13-year-old friend, and I was 11, and it was heart, dog, and butterfly. Oh, nice. At the yeah. the Coliseum, and my mother dropped me off with $10. I bought my ticket, a Coke, and a pack of Cool Filter Kings out of the cigarette <laughs> machine. And How old were you again? I was 11. Nice. Wow. Times are different back then. Yeah. <laughs> a complete badass at 11 years old. There is <laughs> I, I bought them because they said cool. Uh, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, with a K. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, that was my first, my first real concert. John, what was your first concert? Well, it's not getting any better for this guy here. So. <laughs> my mom decided to buy my sister and I tickets to a concert with her friend in i don't know 76 somewhere around there we went to the mid-south coliseum and saw the village people <laughs> oh my god <laughs> village people with gloria gainer oh, oh wow i will survive yeah hey that was that was it you know yeah 
<laughs> you're out, John. Gone. You know, Back to tour, tour you go. You're gone. <laughs> that explains the cop out if you were. Okay, Mike, save us here. What was your first concert? Cheap Trick, Aldo Nova, and Saxon. There we go. That yeah. is badass. Two weeks later, I saw Queen. So. Oh, man. What tour, What record were they supporting? Uh, Hot Space. What it was called? Queen? Yeah. How were they in concert? Phenomenal. I bet. Oh, man. Good. I've seen so many videos of those guys playing live. Still um, probably one of the best concerts I've ever seen. I can seen. believe it. Yeah, they're really, really good. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I didn't have a village people story. No, 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 you you won that round. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna redeem my mother's name. Okay. Okay. Paid up for it and took me to a Willie Nelson concert. There you Ooh. go. That was yeah. four hours of secondhand pot. I say <laughs> that was great when I left. That's how you ended up how you are today. <laughs> we got 11-year-old smoking cools, and we got a young guy like Surrounded in clouds of pot smoke. He's got contact ties, and we have <laughs> a great. This is no kidding. We're up at the top, the I mean, the nosebleed sections, and two rows down were all of my buddies that I went to school with. <laughs> That's where all the pot smoke was coming from. Yeah. <laughs> but she was just, oh, that smoke is just getting me high. <laughs> I'm going, oh my god. Oh. This is <laughs> She never realized it. <laughs> Later on, I told her, but she never, she never. <laughs> she was at she a did. Willie Nelson concert for sakes, for God's sake. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to kind of expect certain concerts <laughs> you're going to go to. So, I think they give you a joint when you come in. Right. That's, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're actually not let in to the, to the concert right. if you don't have one. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, like the opposite way in. around. Like you get thrown out if you don't have any weed on you. <laughs> Oh my God! All that right, cool was definitely the best smelling show I think I've ever been to. Which one? The last government mule show that we. Oh yeah, to. well, government mule is another one, man. It's just it yeah, awesome. it's got to give something the laser lights lights to bounce off of anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, one of the best concerts I ever saw was uh, I think it was is eighteen or nineteen. It was government mule doing Dark Side of the Mule, where they're doing all the pink oh, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and they yeah. had. Um, uh, the Abbott brothers and Magpie salute. And it was, it was amazing. Now government mule, mule, you know, Warren doesn't sound like Gilmore out singing, but like the music and all the different people, it was, that's so what we like about them. Yeah. That's what they're, they're so eclectic and, and, oh my and God. so versatile and, and, and they can sound like that's how we do covers. Yeah. You know, we don't sound like the band. Does. Right, right, right. But it was it was amazing. And like, um, you know, Rich Robinson, who's been known, he, he loves Fearless and he's played it with the Crows. He's played it with Magpie. He came out and did Fearless with it was it was just incredible. It was an incredible show. Incredible. Yeah, that, ooh, I can't wait for this. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, have fun. Have fun at that show because Government Mule always puts on a good one. There's never a doubt about that. All right, guys, I need you to collaborate on this next question. Brian and I are going to visit Memphis. Where do we need to go to eat while we're in Memphis? Man, you're going to get three different answers. All right, give me three different answers. Give me your best spots. Dude, what, do yeah, what do you want? Let's, let's give them we like everything. We don't yeah, whatever. Whatever. 
So Memphis is known for barbecue, obviously, water and drive-by shootings. That's the three things. <laughs> so in Elvis, we actually have a lot of artesian wells, so the water's good. And yeah, you news, right? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, barbecue is the staple around here, and you can't find a bad place around here, I guess, when it comes to barbecue. Yeah, it depends okay. on you, you got the rendezvous, which is going to be your your okay. uh, the one that most people. Yeah. Want to want to go try? That's uh, a tourist place, but it's good. And, and then and then you got your little places. Uh, shit, one yeah, of my Central Barbecue, Central, Barbecue Shop, uh, Three Little Pigs, Three Little Pigs, Three Little Pigs is good. That cops is good. Just most yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean it's all around. Where do we uh, go for breakfast? Good breakfast. Bryant's. Yep, Bryant's. No doubt. Bryant's. Okay. Yeah. Don't go anywhere else. <laughs> Bryant's for breakfast and a slew of barbecue places for all the other meals. No, there's all there's a lot of great, great yeah food. southern food man oh yeah, yeah. i but love barbecue i love good pulled pork um, if you like fried chicken gus's Gus 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 okay Gus fried chicken mm. and then you got a soul fish cafe which is uh, soul food meats seafood i've heard of that before that's good okay so basically what you're telling me is we really can't go wrong as long as we're going local right pick local and you will not go wrong okay sold sold i want to go down to the beale street festival or whatever at some point it's just have crazy good lineups oh yeah they're right. playing they're, they're playing, playing this year no oh, that's right you guys are doing it like trigger hippie with steve Norman's band is playing yeah. like i think the food are food fighters playing yeah, yeah. food yeah. fighters dirty hunting dirty hunting there you go hell of a lineup man you may see me down there i'll, I'll hit, hit you guys up and buy some barbecue yeah, yeah come on yeah and and talk about getting one of these guitars from mike over here there you go. <laughs> I got, we can talk about guitars for days, man. <laughs> yeah, you can sh show me some stuff too. All right. Uh, all right. Question for all of you. And um, we are going to start with John on this one. John, if you could play for one night with any band or artist, living or dead, who you choose? Mm, man, do I have to really actually be able to play the music? <laughs> no. Nope. Tool. Tool. Tool? No nope. doubt. That is an interesting pick. I like Tool. I even hesitate on that one, man. I love that. You didn't. You had that thing queued up like you knew it was coming. Yeah, well, that's why I asked that I could I did I have to be able to play it? No. <laughs> <laughs> they I'm I live just right outside Columbus, Ohio, and they just came through here last weekend. Oh man. But I was in Nashville. I didn't see them. Back on the Anima tour, like two or three days before my youngest daughter was born, and that's been 17 years ago. That's the only time I've seen them. That's probably my favorite record of theirs, I would think, just front to back. Uh, I don't know. Fear Inoculum is pretty strong. That is that is good. But, I, you know, like 46 uh, and 2 yeah. and, yeah, I'm just H. Just, what's yeah. that? So we could talk about Tool for three we days. We could talk like. about Tool for sure. <laughs> That'll be a separate conversation, too. I haven't had a lot of offshoots with you guys here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Tim. For you, yeah. who who would you choose? I, right now, the same as him. If if I could pull it off, uh, Alter Bridge. I love Alter Bridge. Wow, nice dude, Miles <laughs> Kennedy. What a talent! Uh, he's a great. He's great, and, and he's a really good guitarist. People don't realize that. And that's uh, my son actually turned me on to that band when Blackbird came out. Um, well, it was actually right before Blackbird, and I went and saw him the first time in Chattanooga in a small venue. And uh, they were they were so good live, and and the more you listen to that stuff, the better it is. They, they, oh yeah, 
I mean, his stuff was Slash. Miles Kennedy and the Shores was Slash is good too. Alter Bridge, like Alter Bridge, like Mark, we had this conversation not too long ago, didn't we, Brian? Like with people about Creed and stuff. Oh, like Mark Tremonti can play. Like the the Mm -hmm. band Creed was good, but I know this lead singer is kind of a douchebag. But like Tremonti is a great player. That band was actually solid. Oh yeah. Is a monster, yeah. They, they they were a good man. I think I think between Creed and Alter Bridge, though, he he did some work and 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 got he he became a lot better, I think. Yeah, because yeah. Alter Bridge is essentially Creed just with Miles Kennedy singing, isn't it? Right. It's like all the same dudes. Right. Yeah, I see Tim. I would not have expected that choice from like you guys are really impressing me because I'm like somebody's gonna say Zeppelin or somebody's gonna say like you know oh, Stones or somebody's gonna say <laughs> course you know you, you, I, I love all those guys and, and, and you know but i don't know that's just the newest thing to me yeah. i think that's my band that there's, i like there's somebody new I mike mike we'll go to you who, who are you going to choose <laughs> i don't know uh i really don't <laughs> i mean i mean it is i was so obsessed with kiss when i was a kid I guess <laughs> see do it Get those fireworks in your guitar pickup and get out there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Really. Is there anybody right now that you're like, you're loving like, Hey, government mule or this band or that band you want to get out there and play with? I, yeah, definitely government mule. I'd love to meet Warren Haynes and play with, just watch him play. Yeah. I'd like to strum along and watch him play. Listen to him go. That'd be good. Yeah. All right. We will, we will take that from you. All right. Last question. Last question. This is an important one for everybody. And uh, Tim, we're going to start with you on this one. Give us a guilty pleasure song or artist that we'd be very surprised to hear that you like. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God, I was just listening you to like Billy, I, Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus. I'm a Billy. I'm a huge. I'm a huge, <laughs> huge Billy Joel fan. Okay, Greg. There you go. Uh, that's probably one of the best concerts I ever saw was him and Elton John. Um, Dude, piano rock, man. Those two dudes and hits for days. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember that tour. That, that tour was, um, was in the mid, mid two thousands. When was that? uh, I went and the the first time it was in the uh, mid early to mid nineties. Okay. And and that we it was at War Memorial Stadium and in Little Rock and uh, but yeah, I I just think to me my my favorite two lyricists are uh, Ronnie Van Zant and Billy Joel. I think they're <laughs> when it comes to the lyrics, they're great storytellers. Great it's, storytellers, it's, yeah. And it's like having a conversation when when you hear Ronnie Van Zant lyrics, it's like he's talking to you. you and know? very like regular guy, blue collar type of stuff too. Both of yeah. them, working yeah. man. I think Absolutely. a lot of people can appreciate, you know, appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Uh, how about Mike? What are you, what are you choosing? Oh, I think Pink is probably one of the best singers I've ever heard. I've heard her do like Zeppelin and Aerosmith songs, man. She can <laughs> legit sing. Her and Lady Gaga both have legit pipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt there. Yeah, my wife and I are both big Pink fans, but I'll tell them that. Well, she has a little rocket. No, I, I get it. You on that one, I get it. I mean, it's not like you know. She's no. little, not like the village. She's she started out like very like R and B ish, and she's definitely gotten more pop, pop rock, rock in her later. And she can, I mean, she's super talented. She can she can nail it. She's got that really 
I won't call it raspy, but rough edged voice, but it's very melodic at the same time. Very intense. Very, very intense. intense. Very, I, I've, I've seen videos of some of her concerts where she was doing like not trapeze, but like aerial like stuff. I was like, holy crap. And singing, so, singing her ass. Really singing. And actually singing, not like right. lip syncing, singing. Other thing I can appreciate because I've never seen her on any show anywhere at all that she wasn't actually singing. Yeah. Dude, I'm with you. I mean that that that's a solid pick, and that's not embarrassing in any way, man. I'm I'm with you there. Nothing I'm a like big me. Belinda Carlisle fan, truthfully. I'll tell you guys. Oh, yeah. 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 I like That's her right. solo stuff, like the go-go's, like Go. not quite the powerhouse of pink, but you know, she's she's okay. <laughs> she's <good>. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, John. Man, I don't know. There's... Sure you do. When I when I asked you this question, you guys, something popped in your head, and now you're just ashamed to admit it. Yeah, you know, I'm not. There's nothing that I listen to that I'm not. Tell me about your happy track. Oh happy, yeah, my happy music. There you go. Yeah. It's all '70s sappy songs like um, um, Captain Tennille. No, Reaches those, nerve. Well, Better come no. back. Yeah. <laughs> Player. Ten, ten CC, yeah. Little River Band, that kind of stuff. Yep. I love it. Oh, like, so in love, right? Ten, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's those old sappy. 70s happy i call them happy songs they're like hey you know yeah, yeah. We, we've heard <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the ktl record earlier i believe like hang on help is on the way was on one of the songs on one of those compilations yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it was that please come back to boston what's that song that was on another one <laughs> kenny Ke kenny chesney actually does a version of that song that's not the right name of it i don't remember the title but you know, so yeah, <laughs> 70s happy songs. There's not one artist, but yeah, you catch me yeah. going down the road like that. That's what I'm listening Leo to. Leo Sayer, baby. <laughs> We've had a lot of people say disco, like Greg Martin from Kentucky Headhunters, Steve Gorman from Black Crows, all tell us disco. A lot of people went disco. You guys yeah. surprised me in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with your live music choices, man. Like Alter Bridge and Tool. I would have never, you give me 100 guesses, and I would never got either of those. Yeah, yeah. With, with a tool? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, you you should see my Spotify. It's all progressive. Cosmo Squad, you ever heard of them? Nope. Porcupine Tree. I'm going to follow you on Spotify now. <laughs> it's all drum-oriented well, stuff. You can sure. I got a bad tree. That's yeah. Gavin Harrison. He's an awesome drummer, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've got well, some weird stuff. Where do we go? So, guys, thanks, Tim, John, Mike from Fever Tree. Where do we go? Where do our listeners go to find out more about Fever Tree? Your albums, your songs, where you're playing, buy your merch. Where should we send them? If, if you go to our website, fevertreeband.com, you, you'll, you'll be able to, to find us on Facebook, on Instagram. Yep. Uh, and then they got there. Yeah, everything's there. And then also, uh, on all your digital platforms now. Follow Rocco, Rocco on TikTok so you can see a bunch of nude stuff. Right, 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 Rocco. <laughs> he should be here any minute. Yeah, I guess he would get here. Uh, Actually, we have a painting of him out in the practice room. We should have brought can go get it. If you want. Can you go get that? You can hold it behind as we as we close up a little <laughs> so bit. So anyway, he, it's on its way if we can stall for about a minute. He, okay. Uh, uh, it's on all digital platforms on, on uh, YouTube. Uh, uh, Apple Music, Amazon, 
Amazon, iTunes, just on all that. So both records, actually. Both records. Now, your Fever Tree, one word, because there is an old band called Fever Tree. That's two words. We don't want people to get confused. Exactly. And there's a there's a story about it. Mixed drink, tonic water. It's two words with a hyphen. Well, we know. You know. How did you get the name? It's from a, uh, we were at rehearsal and we'd gone through the whole 5,000 names. We can't figure out what we want to name the band. And uh, we were, I think we were working on a Brother Kane tune. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. there you go. Yeah, Jim and Johnson on before. He's, a, right. he's awesome. And so. Uh, that don't satisfy me. Absolutely. That's it. Oh, that it. nice. That was it. So after a few cocktails and going through 5,000 names, that line came up. You got me hanging from a fever tree. We all went. Yeah, that's it. Instant. We all looked at you. Yeah. That's it. There you go. You got me hanging from a fever tree. You burned the spices in my recipe. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. didn't satisfy me. We we spoke to a band out of Little Rock called Greasy Tree. Yeah, yeah. Are y'all going to the Brother Kane reunion when it happens? <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's coming up. Uh, well, yeah, he's got a couple shows already lined up this year and a bunch next year, I think, but not announced. Yeah, Damon, I think, opened up for for us for Tora yeah. their last show they did here in Memphis. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. that would be yeah. sweet. Three that would feet. be a great show. That, you know the the um, Birmingham Live album. Yeah, they pretty much did that album warming up for us. It was awesome. I love. That oh album. no shit. Yeah. And then they uh, he's he was in another band, the Bug Johnson band, and they opened up for Tor Tor in Nashville. So we know that he knows he goes way back with Damon. Yeah, I, I knew Damon when he was playing with a band here before Brother Kane uh, called uh, it was R.T. Scott and the Delta Rebels. Okay, and yep. Damon played guitar and and uh, well, he's yeah. played with Skinner. He's been part of Skinner. Yeah. Around. Yeah. He played with Alice Cooper. Then Alice Cooper. Yeah, Black Star Riders. Then Lizzie. Dude, the guy's a freaking crazy. And he's nice, super nice guy. Man, oh, man. All right, look, y'all ready for this? Here's, we're here's we're ready. Okay, we're, we're ready. You can't even see it. Are you yeah, sure? Are you sure? <laughs> can't edit, though, right? <laughs> we, can't, we, we don't like to edit. Might want to back it up a little. Oh, my God. Well, this is only an audio podcast, so yeah, it's an only audio. So, so oh, um, okay. Well, then, yeah. then you so, guys get the privilege. <laughs> Even Thank a you. Yankee Candle with it. <laughs> I mean, look, this was a, a birthday present for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> We've thrown that thing away a dozen it looks like times. He just threw up in his mouth. So, so I'm going to say this, Mike, and I'm I'll try to be as respectful as possible. If you're if you tur- if you like that candle, it's probably not for you know uh, private time with your wife. I don't know. So, like I said, we've thrown it away about a dozen times. It's kind of like mold; it keeps coming back no matter what we do. <laughs> this right here got me put in Facebook jail. <laughs> and that's is that a like a custom print of some sort? What is that? Yeah, it was Mike's birthday present last year. So it's it's Rocco kind of spread easel, eagle on a motorcycle. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a canvas print. <laughs> yeah, with so, the, so the North Star in the right place. The North Star and definitely in the right place. Is, it, is that like you guys face that when you're rehearsing in your rehearsal room? No, it, it's laying down on a. Oh, shelf. it's good. Well, <laughs> what happens is if somebody keeps screwing up a part, we put it in front of them right here. <laughs> <laughs> you stare at this until you, until get, you it right. get it right. Yeah. <laughs> I almost threw away a thousand dollar guitar because I am. <laughs> because he because he because he touched it 
Yeah. Because of a photo, was it? Right. Oh, he took a picture touching your guitar. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You do not leave anything, any prized possession laying around with Rocco in a room. It's going to be a picture like that. The, the latest is his, his snare drum. Yeah, so it, it, uh, it's pretty yeah, there's yeah. Gonna, uh, posed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a serial diddler of musical instruments. Yeah. He is. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarre is what he is. Did you ever <laughs> ask him what trauma happened in, in his life to get him to this point? It had something to do with feet because he won't take a sock. <laughs> right. <laughs> We got to meet this Rocco guy. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> is, he, is he delayed because he's being detained somewhere? <laughs> he, he, he actually lives about two and a half hours from oh, us. Okay. Oh, wow. So, that makes it hard to practice. Wait, but he does it. You know? He does. He comes every, well, 95% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's bowling night. <laughs> it does his bowling night. Where's where does he where does he live? Uh right on the Missouri, Arkansas line. Right outside of Kennett, yeah. Missouri. Wow. So he's got to go through a couple of states to get to practice. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Well, I mean, you guys are right on the Arkansas border there in Memphis anyway. Uh, yeah, pretty we, much. We talked about him on board. We said, look, and this is where we're located. Yeah. So it's your it's your spot, but you gotta come here. And yeah. he's done it. And he's brought photos, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he brought gifts. Great. He's actually added a lot to the band. Yeah. yeah. You said, I mean, you guys were a big, he started filling in for you guys, and you're just a big fan of what he brought. And yeah. Extend, like, not extended. certainly a lot of humor. <laughs> certainly a lot of humor, but widen what the, the ability of the type of music for you to play, it sounds like. Yeah. We became oh, yeah. friends with, we were friends with him before he started jamming. So, oh, yeah. so I mean, it, that always makes it. When you know somebody a little bit, you know, we just have to keep reminding him he's still a new guy. That's all. He's, yeah, he's got to be careful on too many of the, you know, quote unquote presents. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> presents question mark. Right. <laughs> well, guys, it was great meeting you. The new album is out now. It just came out. Social mediocracy, not meritocracy, mediocracy. Right. I pronounced it right. So we're good. We are good. Yep. Check them out. Their website, um, fevertreeband.com. You can find out all their social media links from there. It sounds like there's a lot of cool stuff. There's uh, live action. There's live musical clips. You can listen to both albums on the website, buy some merch, go out and support these guys. I love what you're doing, Brian. So thank you so much to Tim and John and Mike from Social Mediocracy or from Fever Tree. Sorry. Fever Trees Record is, a band, is the name of Social Mediocracy is the record. Fever Tree the band. Thank you guys yes. so much for being on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. We enjoy it. Can you laugh anymore? Is no, your man, side hurt yet? Is your sides hurt hoot. yet? Especially talking about Rocco <laughs> and Rocco's proclivity to uh, take <laughs> musical instruments while not wearing clothing. I think Mike was like the head of that, that uh, comedic kind of uh synergy they had going on oh for sure i think all those guys tied into it and cool cool dudes man i really i dig their i i dig their music they had some really good answers to like especially like what band would you guys play with like alter bridge and tool yeah i never saw that coming i never saw that coming coming either and that amazed me even some of their picks on 
you know, uh, guilty pleasures like digging and man, cool guys. And I, I really do dig this new album. I'm, I'll be keep my eye out to see if they're playing around here anywhere. And uh, I know, you know, just I love I love this type of music and there's a lot of it get played and a lot of it getting some notoriety. And I'm excited by that. Yeah. The, and at the end, the thing that I really liked at the end when, and I thought about, like, I kind of like just generally thought, I wonder how they got their name. I wonder if it could be from, you know, the uh, Brother Kane song. And sure enough. And you nailed it. Sure and enough. And of course they know Damon and of course they play yeah. Damon and like, who doesn't Damon know? Yeah. And those guys seem to know a lot of people. So it's, you know, that Memphis scene uh, sounds cool like it's still, still doing a good thing down there. Good in live Memphis. band. Yeah, if you guys like what you heard from on the podcast, go to their website. There are some live performances. Of course, YouTube has stuff too, but they're really good performers, have a great sound. Like they're veteran, they're veteran musicians. You can, you can tell. Oh, yeah. And you just, you know, you know, John's got a, you know, he's got Tora Tora that he plays with and, and now he's got Fever Tree. So that's, that's like, you, know, you see, you know, you see a lot of that these days, guys with two bands, maybe three yeah. bands, just a solid, they're just playing music. Still playing like music playing professionally music, and, still getting an opportunity yeah, to do it. Sure. And, and, and I, I was serious, man. Uh, Tora Tora also has two good tracks out right now. Um, check it out. Like, I just, I'm just so happy to hear all the stuff that's coming out across the board from the new bands to the veteran guys. We're hearing a rock revival, or at least in terms of, getting some spotlight yeah. on just some rock music yeah and mike's gonna build you a guitar mike is <laughs> going to build me a guitar i'm gonna go down there and try to purchase one of those ones he's built off his wall and we need to get those guys our info so for sure so they can send us some cool stuff well while mike works on your guitar always remember southern rock is reverent and blues is blood we'll see you next time
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 